0: Today is the last Sunday in the church year. Uh, The church year starts at the beginning of Advent. Today is the Feast of Christ the King. So did you notice any kind of a theme going with the, the worship time so far? We've been giving adoration and worship to Christ who is our King. The Scripture tells us that the angels and saints in heaven surround the throne And they are singing, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And so we have been offering to him our worship, our honor, our praise today, adoring him. You see, when we come on Sunday mornings to worship, we don't come to get. Now, some of you may say, well, yes, I do. I come and I say, oh God, I'm empty, you need to do something, or this next week's going to be a mess. And sometimes we do feel empty when we come to church. It's true that we do. But we don't come to get, we come to give. For it's worship, it's our service of worship to Him, where we offer to Him adoration and love and thanksgiving and praise. And you know who our God is you know what he's like. A God of love and compassion and mercy who always gives to us. So we don't come and say, oh, I'm too empty to give. We know that when we give, he is going to fill us not just full, but to overflowing, because that's who he is. So we have come, and we have worshiped, and we have given to him. We've been through this 40 days of prayer, and uh, so we've just finished Thanksgiving. Today we're going to be celebrating what God has been doing in our lives during this 40 days of prayer. I hope for you the 40 days of prayer are not over. Oh yeah, the 40 days is up, but I hope that the prayer is not. I hope that you have acquired a habit of praying, setting aside every day to spend time with God and pray to Him. We're going to be reading a story that isn't uh, isn't often read and taught about in church today. It comes from the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 17. And uh, we're going to be focusing on a very, very important topic, but it is a topic that we have heard the word so many times that a lot of times we just kind of, oh yeah, I know all about that, and then let our minds go somewhere else because we don't want to focus on it. I'm not 100% sure why. But I want to tell you what we are going to hear about from God's Word today is absolutely key to having a life that has joy and peace. It's about something that we must practice in our lives or else we're going to be overwhelmed by the troubles and the fears and the sorrows and disappointments that just automatically come and are a part of life. So, we're going to be reading, this is the Gospel of the Lord, starting at verse 11 in chapter 17 of Luke. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So this is a pretty simple story in some ways. But... uh, since most of us have never seen anyone experiencing leprosy, we, we might miss a few things here in, in the story. So it says that there were these ten men. When you had leprosy in those days, leprosy was a dreaded disease. It was always a terminal disease. It was a disease that crippled and disfigured, and because, because it was such an awful disease, people who had leprosy were excluded from society. They had to leave their homes, leave their families, live out the best that they could. Many lived in caves out in in the countryside, excluded from all company, all of the conveniences of life. You may say, well, they didn't have many back then. They had some. And they had to keep their distance from every person who did not have leprosy. The law was that whenever anyone began to approach, they had to shout out, unclean, unclean, so that everyone would know they needed to stay away from them. And those who were lepers had to walk away and stay away from any person so that the disease would not be spread. So it says here that they cried out to Jesus from a distance. They were obeying the law. They couldn't go up to Jesus and say, oh, Jesus, have mercy on me. They had to cry out from a distance, and so they did. Jesus, have mercy upon us. And so he told them to go to the priests and present themselves. Now that was what the law of Moses said, they were that a leper who had been healed, which was not what was expected, was going to happen. But just in case it did happen, they were to go to a priest, and a priest would examine them, and they were to offer and offering in gratitude to God, an offering for purification, the priest would say, you're clean, you can come back to society. So Jesus said, go. Now when he told them to go, and when they started going, they had leprosy. As we've talked about prayer, we've talked about faith. When you ask God, expect that he's going to do something. What do you think he's going to do? Nothing? Just say, I'm busy today, you're on your own, and turn his back? No, that's not who God is. Now, he doesn't always do things the way we would like for him to do things. But he always acts when his children ask for mercy, always. And so Jesus said for these men to go, they still had leprosy, but in faith they started going. Sometimes we don't have much faith until we see it already happening. But they started going, and as they were going, it says, as they were going, they were cleansed. They were healed. Their bodies were restored. They, could, they were walking along, and one of them starts, starts hollering, and they start looking, and they see their hands, and they see as the disease disappears from their bodies. That's not the main point, though, of the story, is it? You already know what's the main point. So how do you feel about those nine lepers who didn't come back and say thank you? I mean, be honest with yourself. It's just a little uncomfortable, isn't it? I find it uncomfortable because I think Oh, there have been too many times I have not been a grateful person. Somebody does something good for me, and I just say, Oh, I really like that, and take off. And I forget to even say thank you. I know I've been an ungrateful person. And it's quite evident which of the ten are being commended here. It's the one who is willing to express thanksgiving. Now, do you think the other nine had no joy? oh, I think they were probably yelling and screaming, who knows what they were doing on their way to present themselves to the priest. But they didn't come back and thank the one who was the restorer. So we're talking about Thanksgiving today. Thanksgiving is the key to peace and joy. We must give thanks. Not just because, oh, well, of course that's the polite thing to do and Mom always made me write thank you notes when somebody gave me a present. Whether I was thankful or not, you know? Aunt Susie gave those awful itchy sweaters and we had to thank her anyway. No, Thanksgiving comes from the heart. And Thanksgiving is the appropriate response to the love and mercy of God the bible over and over. There's there's many verses. I was going to 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 read you a whole bunch of them today, but I'm not going to because we had a wonderful worship time and we don't have time to read all those verses. But you can find them. You you can look up in one of your bible apps look just look up the word give thanks. The word's give thanks or or thanksgiving and you'll see it over and over and over again. But there is one line that appears many, many times in the Scriptures. And it is this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. It's not there once. It's not in just one chapter. It's not in just one story. Over and over and over and over, it appears. Give thanks to the Lord. And there are many other ways that it talks about giving thanks to the Lord. So we give thanks to the Lord because of course He is worthy of our thanksgiving and hopefully our hearts are filled with gratitude. But here is the truth. An awful lot of the time our hearts are not filled with gratitude. We ask God for something. He answers, but by then we, we, we just move on to something else that's troubling us and we ask Him for that and we move on and on and on and we Sometimes we don't even realize he answered prayer for us. We just even forget uh, about it. Oh, well, that's, that's under control, and we just keep on going and don't even say, God did what I asked him to do. In life, there is trouble. Now, some of you may say, well, I'm not having all that much trouble today. Then you really need to be thankful, okay? Okay. Because you, you will have some days where you can say, well, I really am not facing any trouble. But let me tell you, you're going to have lots of days that you face trouble of one kind or another. And what we often do as we face trouble is we let it consume us. We become filled with anxiety, fear, worry. Sorrow, disappointment, anger. We're consumed by these things because of the troubles of life. And so when someone talks about joy, peace, it's like, yeah, oh, that's just church words. That's a long way from reality. Do you know what the solution, the, what brings us peace, hope, joy, you know where it comes? The means by which it comes into our life? It is giving thanks. For what I do and what you do is we allow these things to just take center stage and to to just absorb all of our vision so that is all that we see and we focus on that and we obsess about those things and It engulfs us, and and it can weigh us down. It can make us almost drown. And so we are consumed by our troubles. But what God has taught me over the last six years is this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. When I start looking for things to thank God for, I have to quit looking at the trouble. Instead of being consumed by the anxiety, or the sorrow, or the disappointment, or the worry, instead of all of that, just, just, swamping my life, I begin to see the goodness, the provision, the care of God. And when I'm seeing the goodness, the provision, the care of God, I have things for which I can give thanks, many, many things. For though there is trouble and sorrow and disappointment, and though sometimes my response might be anger or worry. Instead, thanksgiving broadens the picture. I can't be consumed if I'm giving thanks to God. Now, it's not denial. Yes, there is sorrow, there is there is trouble. There are things that are uncertain. Yes, we get disappointed many times in life. All that's very, very real, so it's not like we're just saying, oh, that doesn't exist. Oh, we know it exists. But what thanksgiving does is remind us that his love endures forever. He provides for us. Just look what he's done. Just look what he's done. it is absolutely key for overcoming the weights of life. So if today you are feeling consumed, anxious, if today your heart is weighed down with sorrow, or you have been greatly disappointed, or wounded, or you just have this anger thing seething down inside because you do know anger is not the first emotion. There's disappointment, pain, hurt, there's something else going on, and the way we choose to respond to it is the whole anger thing. So you, you maybe you were thinking, well, how's anger got to, what, how's that fit into this worry and Anxiety and sorrow. It's because sometimes we don't like feeling that stuff. So, what do we do? We just become angry people and let everybody else have some of the sorrow and disappointment and anger. Quit hitting him. Saw a wife hitting her husband right when I was talking about <laughs> anger. He probably needed it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Okay. You understand? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And, oh, I know how you. some of you were eating Thanksgiving dinner and somebody said, well, today before we eat, we're all going to go around the table and tell something that we're thankful for. And you thought, oh, this is so corny. And what am I going to come up with? It shouldn't be hard when the table's loaded down the way it was. At least you can say, thank you for the bird. (laughs) Or the the green bean casserole, and you know there's pie that's still to come. Help us. You ought to at least be able to be thankful for that. But God does so much for us all of the time. We let our vision be, be just so focused in on the trouble, and it's real. The trouble's real. But he's the provider. And he's going to help us, whatever the trouble is and however it turns out. He's going to help us. How do I know? Because he always does. He always has. So we give thanks. I personally don't have a clue how to make it without doing that. We give thanks. And he is worthy. So we have prayed together for 40 days. We put prayer requests up here on the cross. I put prayer requests up there on the cross. God has answered prayers for you during these 40 days. Some of you have new jobs. There are people who were sick who are now well. God has worked in relationships. Is everything that's up there on the cross perfectly settled? No, it is not. Of course it isn't. But there is change in many of those things that are up there. I put something up there about a family member. A family member who was having some very significant problems, causing all of the rest of us significant problems. What are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? My mother went to the doctor, she, and she, she, she was telling the doctor, she said, This person's doctor, uh, she was saying, well, this is the way it was. But now it's completely changed. This person was extremely agitated and angry, and all the rest of us were extremely miserable. And something was going to have to happen. And then the person changed and became very calm. Well, I shouldn't say very calm. Became calm. And instead of raging about what was happening, became concerned about the family members and how, what this disease was doing to everybody else who had to live with it. And the doctor said, that doesn't happen. It is normal for people to be angry and rage, but it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And my mother said, well, it's that's not what happened. You know what I think? I think God answered prayer. That's what I think. So I give thanks to Him. So, we're going to have a Thanksgiving time right now. What are you thankful for? Here's what I want us to do. Now I want you to figure out, i got to do this just really fast, because Pastor Mark's only going to give me about 60 seconds max, and the other person 60 seconds max. We're going to stand up together in just a moment, and I want you to turn to somebody and to say, I am thankful for, and just tell something God has done, what you're thankful for. Not a big, long story, just a, this is what I'm thankful for. God gave me a job. Maybe that's it. That didn't take long, did it? Okay? You ready? You ready? So everybody find somebody. Don't be shy. This is important. Remember... Thanksgiving is the way we overcome the troubles of life because it turns our eyes from our troubles onto our great and gracious, loving God. So let's stand together right now. You turn to somebody and say, I am thankful for Okay, we're almost done, so give the other person a chance. Okay. Are you all done? No, you're not done. All right. Okay, you're, you're being too thankful. Too much thanksgiving going on here. Too, no. You see, once you start being thankful, you may say, I have nothing to give thanks for. That is absolutely not true. You start giving thanks, and then you think of something else, and you think of something else, and you think of something else, and you think of something, else, think of something because God is so good. Do you think of all of that stuff while you're letting your mind be consumed by troubles? No, we don't do that. Instead, you know what we do? We become like the children of Israel wandering in the desert, grumbling. The Bible repeatedly chastises them for all of their grumbling instead of thanksgiving. God sent them manna from heaven every day. And you know what they said? There's no onions here. At least in Egypt, we had onions. (laughs) Honestly, bread of heaven, and they're complaining. He sent them quail every day so they had meat to eat. And you know what they did? They complained. They were thirsty. God sent water from the rock, not just once, but two different times. And you know what they did? They complained. That's just what human beings do. We've got complaining down great. Our minds just turn to complaining. Instead, the scripture says, turn to thanksgiving. Turn to thanksgiving. And then your heart will be filled with the joy and the peace of God. And so today, on this feast of Christ the King, we're going to celebrate this meal that he has given to us. One of the names for this meal is Eucharist. Do you know what Eucharist means? It's a Greek word. Do you know what it means? Thanksgiving. That's what this meal is all about. It's about thanking God for his astonishing mercy to us. For none of us deserve anything from God except condemnation and judgment. But instead, he offers forgiveness. He offers his love. He offers his spirit to us. He comes to us just as real as this bread is consumed by us. So he comes and fills our lives. So of course it's called Thanksgiving because that's what we give to him. So let us pray. Our Father, we give thanks to you. For instead of giving us what we deserve, you gave us mercy and life, forgiveness, adoption as your children. And every day, though, We have often complained, forgive us. You fill our lives with good things. So we trust you with all of our troubles. And we thank you for all of your blessings. Especially Jesus. So we ask that you would send your spirit upon these gifts. And make them to become for us the sacrament of the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Who on the night he was betrayed, took bread and said, This is my body which is given for you. And after supper he took the cup and said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. As we have worshipped today, We have remembered his death. We have remembered his resurrection. We recognize that he is the high king of heaven, the king of all kings. And we know that one day he will come and bring a complete and perfect restoration, the restoration of the kingdom of heaven. And we give thanks to you we ask that you would help us, everyone, to be aware of your presence, your love, your mercy, as we eat and drink. We ask this. We, your servants, ask this. For your glory, O Lord Most High. Amen.